Hello, and welcome to the Hearth and Hedge. My name is Amberly, and I'm so pleased to have you join me today. The weather has been a real conundrum lately. Uh, it was 80 degrees here last week, and then it snowed two days later. This week has been pretty mild, and next week we're getting snow again. <laughs> In California, uh, as much as 10 feet of snow was, was dumped after a, blizz a recent blizzard. Uh, it's just crazy. Climate change is a real thing. But while there is little we can do singly as humans to mitigate things, um, there are still things we can do as a collective. And one is to support local. Support our local farmers and businesses by locally made products. Uh, and all of this reduces carbon footprint because it doesn't have to be shipped. Uh, another great way is to grow your own. And that is what this episode is all about. We are going to talk garden planning. Uh, I love gardening. I love it. I love planning my garden. Uh, I love looking outside and seeing the beautiful flowers growing in my garden. I just love it. Uh, and there is nothing like eating something that you grew yourself. It's just better than anything you can get at the store. <laughs> I am well aware that many of my listeners don't have a place for a full-blown garden, but even herbs in a window can bring flavor to your meals and strength to your spells. There are also some amazing new technologies that allow for the growth of an entire garden in just a few square feet in your house. So I encourage you, if you have uh, the ability to do that, absolutely look into it. It's a great a great thing, but container gardening works just fine. If you have, you know, a couple square feet outside to put a container for some tomatoes, that is is great. Um, I encourage you to grow where and when you can. Uh, raising plants is good for the home, and I think it's good for the soul. That being said, let's discuss gardens. Uh, this year, my husband and I are moving our garden. Uh, from a few raised beds we have on the side of the house to a new large plot in the backyard. Uh, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, we need to do some stump grinding. Uh, we have a fence to put up. But soon we'll have a beautiful garden that will be large enough to give us food for the, the summer and also to put away for the winter, which is really exciting and kind of one of my goals, you know. Also super exciting, we're getting our chickens soon. Uh, once we have the garden fence up, then we'll put the chicken fence up, and then we will build the coop, and we will have chicks, which is super exciting. Actually, I'm probably going to buy pullets because it just seems easier. It's going to all be an exciting new adventure, and I'm definitely going to share triumphs and tribulations with all of you, so be prepared. So there are as many types of witchy gardens as there are witches in the world. Uh, the whole process of gardening can be a very spiritual and personal practice. Uh, shaping the garden can be fun, and you can use symbolism in how you plant. Uh, a garden is a great place to use color magic. Uh, you can plant bright yellows if you want some place to cheer you up after a long, hard day at work. Uh, or purples if you want something to help you uh, more spiritually. Uh, if you want sensory gardens, those are a wonderful way to get children outside and interested in nature. The sound of the wind through the grass and the feeling of, you know, the grass or whatever plant on your skin, the smells, the, 
even the taste. Um, all of these can be a great way for children to explore and uh, start getting their, their connection to nature, which I think is very, very important. Bloom times are also a good thing to consider uh, if you want a cutting garden or just something blooming in your yard from early spring to late fall. Snowdrops, crocus, and daffodils are all great early spring plants, followed by tulips, hyacinths, early iris uh, in mid to late spring. Uh, these are all perennials, of course. Uh, if you don't have the ability to have perennials, that's, that's fine. Uh, you can do annuals, and annuals will give you bloom the full season, uh, which is wonderful. But I always feel a little bit badly at the end of the season when they die. kind of makes me sad. But before you plant anything, there is a little bit of legwork that needs to be done. Uh, it's really important to get your soil tested if you're not doing raised beds or container gardening. Uh, my first year here in our house just went ahead and planted, uh, and it was a big failure <laughs> because my my garden soil was not uh, balanced correctly. So now we have amended the soil, and hopefully with the new garden, it's going to be great. And actually, you will find things uh, very interesting when you do your soil testing. Uh, when we moved to our house, uh, in the process of the soil testing in the backyard, we found that the whole backyard was actually uh, the previous owner's dumping ground. They just threw their trash behind the house. Um, and now every time it rains, we have to go outside and pick up glass because more is exposed. And um, I can't even tell you how many times my dogs have come in with cut paws. Actually, right now, Forrest has uh, a wrapping on his paw because he cut it pretty badly, and it's just super frustrating. Hopefully, none of you will find this issue. Now, all you need to do to test your soil is grab a clean jar. Uh, you can fill it with some of your soil and take it to your county extension office. It usually costs under $20 to get a full soil profile in just a couple of days. Um, if you don't have a close county extension office, you can also purchase soil test kits online. Once you get your results, you'll know what you need to do, if anything, to make your soil the best it can be for a happy and healthy garden. Next, it's also important to find out your planting zone. It's super easy. You just Google the name of your city along with planting zone, and the results will come up. Um, I'm in, I live in 7A, so planting season here is around 180 to 200 days long. You may have less or more wherever you live. Obviously, if you live in Florida, it's going to be more. And if you live in upstate New York, it's going to be less. But once you figure out all the boring stuff, then it's time for all the fun. Walk your property or balcony <laughs> and figure out where the sun is. Uh, you'll want to plan what to plant according to what sun you have. You know, I'm lucky enough to have all the different sun types on my property in different places, so I can plants, pretty much whatever I want. So that's great. After you've walked your property and found your sun, uh, it's a good time to pick a comfy lawn chair or a blanket or a rock or a balcony chair and sit in your space with a pen and a piece of paper and draw out how you want your garden to look. Uh, do you want it to be circular or square? Will you plant it in a way that you have to wander through it to get to each different type of plant or each different section of the garden? Or is it going to be a traditional row veggie garden, which is also fine? 
however you draw it out, be open for change as well because, well, I mean, I often change my plan two to three times before plants go in, and then it often changes again at the end of the season uh, just according to how well things grew. After you have your shape, uh, then you want to consider what is it you want out of your garden. Do you want all the herbs to use in your practice? Do you want fresh veg to grace your table? Or a cutting garden to keep your house full of fresh flowers throughout the summer? I mean, maybe you want all three, which is also great. Do you want to keep your garden full of native species or intermingle them with non-natives? I strongly suggest, uh, for the sake of wildlife, that you plant some natives. To, I mean, it supports local insects. Uh, birds, but it's also, I mean, I don't only have natives. <laughs> I enjoy non-natives as well. They just sometimes need to be kept in check. Uh, when we first moved to the house, we also had an entire backyard uh, full of vinca minor because somebody had planted it in their garden and it actually took over the entire forest floor uh, behind our house and uh, in the property next to us, it was absolutely insane. And it's actually coming up again this spring. Very frustrating, so I have to go out there and get it under control before it takes over again. But yeah, you just have to be careful what you plant because some plants can be incredibly invasive. Once you have everything planned out, uh, blessing the land and communicating with the spirits is a really great idea. Uh, just letting the, the land spirits know that you're there to help and to make it a happy and healthy space is great. I'm going to share this really great ritual for consecrating the land from Backyard Garden Witchery by Laurel Woodward. She was on the podcast just a couple weeks ago, and she is just such a wonderful person. So much fun to talk to. This is the ritual to consecrate the land. Uh, by, by performing a consecrating ritual, you elevate an everyday relationship, shifting focus and changing the response, making it possible to step out of one view of reality into another. The garden as sacred space offers a forum with nature as the central focus to foster both a relationship with the earth and an awareness of the shifting of the seasons and the tides of the year. You will need an offering or libation. You are going to come to center, and when you are ready, say, I call out to the spirits of the land. I come to you now with a grateful heart, thankful for all that is here and all the potential of what may be. I ask your blessing on the work begun and the work to come. May this be a place to feed the soul, a sacred site, where we come together to heal and create a place where we co-author beauty and harmony, peace and love for all things bright and beautiful. May this ground be a place of sanctuary. Now you're going to pour out or set out your offering. You might choose to pour a libation or dust the area with cold ash from a ritual fire. Then say, may this now and forever be a sacred space. Over the next few days, go out and spend time visiting your space. Spend time in meditation. Treat the space with honor. Do not neglect it. Treat it as a place of power and include it in your magical practice. So wonderful. Okay, I guess we're just going to spend the rest of the podcast with my dog panting in the background because she just had the zoomies and now she's laying under my desk panting. So you're welcome. 
Anyway, this book, Backyard Garden Witchery, uh, Creating Magical Space Outside Your Door by Laurel Woodward, <laughs> Laurel Woodward <laughs> is her second book. Uh, she's coming out with another one. Uh, it should be out, I believe, in the fall. So I really recommend you picking up a copy of this book. It's really, really wonderful. And so is her first book, uh, Kitchen Witchery. Actually, that's one of my very favorite kitchen witchery books ever. It's her kitchen witchery book. So I definitely recommend them both. All right, so now it's time for today's card poll. In honor of the garden, I decided I'm going to pull from the Illustrated Herbiary by Maya Toll uh, once again. Uh, and today's card is the marshmallow. On the card, there is beautiful clouds. Uh, there are pillows, and on the top of the pillows, there is a gorgeous cake. On top of the cake are marshmallow flowers. Uh, at the bottom of the card, there is a pot full of marshmallow flowers and marshmallow root. Uh, it's just a really beautiful, stunning card. The book says, there is nothing marshmallow would love more than to spend time in your kitchen. She'll lean over you over your shoulder, offering suggestions for adorning your salads and thickening your soups. There's no reason for foul tasting anything, including medicine, declares the grand dame of dessert. She should know, having been at it since around 2000 BCE. <laughs> Egypt, dear, she'll tell you, a lovely place. I fed pharaohs and gods. But Marshmallow is not one to dwell in the past. She takes too much joy in bringing ease to the present. And there's much work to do. Digestion these days. She tisks as she sets about creating her latest confection. Call on Marshmallow when you need to soften and rediscover sweetness. Uh, the ritual for Marshmallow is conscious cookery. Any act can be ritual if done with intention. Marshmallow remembers the days when baking and medicine making weren't far removed from each other. In honor of her long history in the kitchen, create a dish that is deliciously nourishing. As you chop and blend, focus on how this food will nurture those who eat it. Allow yourself to picture the vibrancy that will come with each delectable bite. You know, I actually try and do that every time I cook. It just makes everything a little bit more magical. Even if you're making toast, as you're buttering your toast, you can think about how it's going to nourish your body. Now for the reflection on Marshmallow. Soften and soothe. Marshmallow's magic is to soften and, and soothe. When the edges of life are too much, when you feel raw and scraped, picture Marshmallow growing in the moist soil of a wetland. Water eddying gently, softening hard earth, and loosening what's been stuck. What can Marshmallow help you soften? What rough edges are rubbing at your spirit? Marshmallow is not scared of processes. She knows sometimes there are many steps to a recipe and that the best flavors are created in layers, step by slow step. This deck was my first recent deck, and it's just so beautiful. Maya Toll is an amazing artist. I just, every time I pick up this deck and I, and I shuffle and pull a card, I am just amazed by the absolute beauty of every card and every section of the book. I absolutely recommend it, 100%. And I, I mean, how many times can you say absolutely? 
I really hope that you all enjoy the spring and take some time to plant some beautiful plants for you and for your families. Um, and I would love to see pictures if you want to send them to me. I'm very excited for my garden this year, and I will absolutely share absolutely share it with you uh, as the process goes along. Uh, thank you so much for, for joining me today, and uh, we'll see you next time. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Hearth and Hedge, on my website, thehearthandhedge.com, or you can email me at thehearthandhedge at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, consider leaving a review wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you.